This is Back to Debbie, a show brought to you by Campus Can. This podcast specializes in collegiate players and their potential for future success in the NFL. I'm your host, Mike V, and we are back with the White P to wrap up the Big Ten with our Western division of this week's episode. And now, if you missed the East, just, just go back one week. That's it. It's just last week's. So no, no big deal there. Um, we're breaking down each team's new coach and their impact. Debbie assets for each position group for each team. And we're going to be looking at some long-term and short-term options here. Um, and just so you guys know, um, in case you see your kids texting BTW, it's not by the way. It's Big Ten West. They are talking Big Ten West because a lot of stuff is happening here. <laughs> or maybe not. We'll find out. Here um, yeah, but you guys know. I cannot physically go a week without hearing Corey's voice. It's an addiction, and I can stop anytime I want, but not today. So please listen to Corey with the news. Well, I appreciate that, Mike. And once again, another big thank you to Mr. Dwight Peoples for filling in for me again this week. Um, But I still found the time to come bring you guys the latest news. And first, we're going to head over to USC where freshman tight end Deuce Robinson went undrafted in the MLB draft. This was a guy that we were pretty worried about fo- wanting to focus his time on baseball. Now with him going undrafted, possibly more of a focus on the football side of things. You can expect to see his ADP rise in your upcoming drafts. Also, by the way, in that draft, DJU, quarterback for Oregon State, former five-star quarterback, he was drafted in round 20. Uh, he's stated in the past that he has no interest in playing in the MLB, but maybe his career in college didn't go as well as he thought he would. Who knows? Maybe there's a path for him over there. Um, heading over to UTSA, where wide receiver Joshua Cephas. Um, some news has come out now that he was suspended last season um, in early in December for a rollover crash that happened. Um, that was the main reason he actually missed the bowl game. Um, he didn't participate in the spring this year with what was called a knee injury. I'm not sure if this was actually what it was. He was actually charged with a DWI related to this incident now. Um, and, you know, with DeCorian Clark also recovering from that late ACL last year, both starting wide receivers for UTSA right now are looking pretty shaky for week one. Um, and just a quick update on that supplemental draft I mentioned last week, both Milton Wright and Malachi Coleman both went undrafted in the draft, which was probably to be expected, but both do have teams uh, workouts set up with teams in the NFL. And just a reminder, guys, we did just release the CFF guide on July 1st. The guys put a ton of work into that. 250-plus pages, team preview, sleepers, the freshman 50, projected depth charts, honestly, everything you need to attack your drafts this offseason. That's a $20 one-time purchase, or become a member today with one of our many subscription options, some of which include access to this guide, as well as our supplemental and freshman guide, our Devi guide as well, access to all our awesome tools when you see posted all over twitter so uh, make sure you guys get in there get a subscription today make sure you're checking out our family of podcasts as well on the podcast feed our youtube channel as well to make sure you guys are keeping up to date with everything going on throughout the off season all right Dwight. fourth of july just passed we're all we're all recovered hopefully hopefully everyone still has their fingers and if you survived fourth of july you need to celebrate with home field apparel Official sponsor of Campus to Can, Homefield Apparel has retro, vintage, like collegiate, like clothing. So if you like want to go back and be like, oh man, I survived today, I should go celebrate by buying a vintage University of Kentucky football shirt and just relive those days. Go ahead and check out Homefield Apparel for all your vintage, just collegiate apparel. 
Uh, also, the promo code is campus, the word campus two, the number two, can campus to can. All right, Dwight, let's get into it. Let's talk about ETW. By the way, this is not a great division. Uh, let's start off with Purdue. New OC, Graham Harrell comes in. He comes in from West Virginia. Uh, Jeff Brom's gone. Love Jeff Brom. Love him to death. He's going to Louisville. Graham Harrell was the 2022 West Virginia OC. Before that, he did a stint with, excuse me, with USC. From 2021 to 2019, he was the OC there. 2018 to 2016, the North Texas offense coordinator. And from 2015 to the 2014, Washington State wide receiver coach. So, First year Purdue head coach, uh, Ryan Walter selected Graham Harrell as his OC. Harrell has a solid track record as a play caller for fantasy output. His offenses are rather simplistic, though, and they tend to take advantage of weaker defenses and see a significant drop-off from better defenses in their schedule. If you watched West Virginia last year, you were pretty hopeful about Caden Prather. Uh, CJ Donaldson kind of took off there uh, at the start. Um, and then uh, the corpse of JT Daniels who's now with Rice, was the West Virginia quarterback, who was, I can't say he was fun, uh, but he wasn't terrible to start off, and then, <laughs> and then he became terrible. Yeah. So um, I think Graham Harrell is really just living off his one good year with USC and Jackson Dart's true freshman season, um, and he's just been riding that success ever since. But let's get into it. Great. Quarterbacks, they bring in Hudson Card. Hudson Card was, quote-unquote, if you believe this because I don't, Battling for the first team reps against Quinn Ewers last year before losing and also taking away half of that starting reps from Quinn Ewers. Uh, we had to see him in spot starts last year for Texas. He is a phenomenal athlete. He was a former top 100 recruit. He's now entering his fourth year, lacking any starting experience. Um, I think he's a phenomenal athlete. Played wide receiver in high school. Uh, There's a lot of debates earlier on, too, about him converting to wide receiver. But he comes over here to Purdue as quarterback. Dwight, are you looking at him for any type of Debbie upside, any type of NFL upside? Um, not really. I think, honestly, if you have a Debbie league, he's probably rostered already because he's been a name that's kind of floated around the community for a couple of years. So he's most likely rostered at this point. I mean, I, I, if you had him, you probably didn't drop him. But, you know, he's worth a shot, I think, at some point. But um, I wouldn't spend a lot of capital on him. Like you mentioned, athletic guy. An av- he got an average arm. Uh, tends to work. He worked really well in the pocket when he was in high school, good movement skills, things like that. I could see Hart card putting together some decent numbers and, but I don't even see, even if everything fell right and he had two seasons of Aiden O'Connell type numbers, I don't think he's going to be anything other than like a very, very late draft pick. So not a lot of value there. No, I'm with you there. I, I don't, this is the one position group where you can, you can kind of pop off late and like, you know, it can be a Debbie asset Mm -hmm. Um, usually for running back wide receivers that needs to come a little bit sooner, but I, I just don't think it'll happen here either. I'm with you. Like, I just don't think he's really got it. I think he's a phenomenal athlete. I don't really think there's much else to say besides that about him. Um, and then if we head over to the wide receiver room here, I don't even know who, who he's throwing to. I I had to look up the depth <laughs> chart. Like I'm talking about like 10 minutes for this show. And yeah, according to weird. our lads, which I know is like kind of just projecting here, their, their starting lineup is uh, Mershawn Rice, Corey Gamage, and then TJ Sheffield. Who honestly, I don't know who those. I don't know who those guys are. Dwight. I just don't. Uh, so they're all redshirt seniors. It's not even like he has a really strong supporting cast to help make up right. for anything. Uh, so with simplistic play calling, which I think can work <laughs> as long as you have really elite wide receivers, I, which I don't think he has here. So no. Before we leave the quarterback room permanently here, anybody else? 
I know I'm a big fan of Brady Allen, but he's not there anymore. But anybody yeah. else in this, why is, in this quarterback room that we're looking at? Oh, quarterback room? No, no, there's nothing. Okay. I mean, the stat, I'm like Bennett and Meredith, Ryan Brown. I'm like, who are these guys? Yeah. So, yeah. Nothing okay. in quarterback. So, and nothing and in wide receiver either. I think nothing Logic in wide receiver. Still there. Uh, that's a name that's yeah that's the only name that rung a bell i'm like hey i remember him and if you're playing if you play cff you kind of are you would want to take a shot on guys like gamage and and sheffield in the slot just because if everything clicks right and the offense does start firing on all cylinders they could be potential starts but debbie no nothing man i do want to mention uh jamal edrin i think he transferred in i gotta check this sorry (laughs) jamal edrin was a was a freshman last year, redshirt freshman, but he he had like 200 yard receiving games here with FIU, FI, FAU, excuse me, FAU, uh, and he's six foot three, 210 pounds. I don't really know much, but that's that's a transfer up. So at least that's interesting. He's also on the younger side, right? He's entering his third year. Uh, this is probably more of a CFF asset. Me and Dwight here, we're not, we're not looking for anybody. This is this is not. Yeah, I mean, you're grasping at straws here. So what about running back, man? Anything there? <laughs> Corey would be mad. Corey would be mad if I didn't mention uh, Devin Mockaby. Devin Mockaby is great for CFF. Very average. I think very average, but he's clearly the guy there. So you don't have to like project if he's starting or not. I just don't think he does much that's special. I'm sorry. Sorry, Corey. Mockaby's a great CFF guy. I mean, he's he's had a really great stat. I'm trying to pull up his stats real quick here. I want to say he had nearly a thousand yards last year. 32 receptions is nice. Yeah, uh, you know, so he had a pretty good season last year, almost five yards a carry, nine touchdowns. So that's definitely something you like to see. But as far as like a talent, whew, yeah, he's not much special. He's he's just a guy, a jag, you know. Yeah, he's not so, very shifty. I think he's just yeah. kind of takes what's given to him. Uh, yep. I'm looking at his missed tackles force. He had like two thirds of it in like three games out of like the 14 they played. So, um, yeah, they're probably terrible competition, I'm sure. So I don't yeah. remember being a big fan of him watching him. Um, I just, I just don't think a special runner. I did watch this tape. No. I got my notes here from when I watched him like three weeks ago. I, it doesn't show much power. Contact balance is okay. Uh, has a collegiate workhorse skill set, but I don't see any NFL traits. That's what I wrote down in my notes about him. So, yeah, that's it. Devin Mockby, six foot one ninety five, entering his third year, but should be productive. We, we can both agree there that we do think he will be productive. definitely. Let's head on over to the Badgers of Wisconsin. This is more this is probably more fun team to talk about. New yes. OC, Phil Longo, comes from UNC. Previous OC, Bobby Ingram, he's out of here. So Phil Longo comes from UNC from the 2022 to 2019. You had players like Josh Downs, uh, Diamond Brown was in there. Daz, New- not Daz, was Daz? Yeah, Daz Newsom was in there. Uh, before that, 2018 to 2017, the Ole Miss OC. Is that is that the A.J. Brown era? Is that the A.J. Brown and – DK Metcalf? Probably the early part of it, yeah. Okay, so anyway, yeah. great, great, great record there. And then before that, 2016 to 2014, Sam Houston State OC. Uh, also, I, I should have said this earlier, but another shout-out to Nate Marquise because all this information comes from his coaching changer articles, which Brilliant. we are not the only show now referencing those lately. So, Nate, just phenomenal writing work. Yeah, I go check him out on the website. Um, but let me just get back to what he wrote here. The Badgers fans had dreams of a brand new era with Bob Ingram coming from the Ravens tight end coach. Instead, the 2022 Badgers looked much of the same brand of vanilla we come to expect. But new head coach Luke Fickle, previously from Cincy, is a promising change. Longo is his man. Longo has worked magic. I mean, straight up magic. Sam Howell was phenomenal. Drake Mays over there. He can also claim some of that. Um, 
tons of quarterback development that would want to consider first round talents. I mean, Drake may still consider first round talents. Sam Howell, we don't really know the full story. We think it's an injury thing, but he fell to the fifth round. Still, still drafting the NFL though. Let's talk about the QBs here, right? We got Tanner Mordecai transferring in from SMU. And we got Nick Evers coming in from Oklahoma. Mordecai should be the starting QB here. Um, I've joked about Mordecai being a Heisman contender, <laughs> which probably <laughs> probably could have been last year. Um, but uh, Mordecai has a pretty colorful uh, career there. Oklahoma to SMU, he's a gunslinger. I mean, he's not afraid to throw. He's not afraid of making mistakes. He's thrown plenty of picks in his life. So, um, But comes over here to Wisconsin, who has an air raid offense under Phil Longo. And – I can't speak to him being like an elite Debbie asset here, but as far as like the wide receivers go, you know, he's going to be throwing it like plenty every single game. Yeah. It's like you said, if we see some sort of ascension to the type of offense that Longo and even to an extent Luke Fickle had, I mean, anything is an upgrade from what Wisconsin has ran for the last, what it seems like 20 years. So to be able to see these guys actually finally throw the ball will be worth something. As far as Mordecai, I mean, yeah, the statistics might be there, but he, I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. Uh, same with Nick Evers. I mean, Nick Evers has, you know, a little bit of promise, I guess. Ooh, Nick, Nick Evers, no, he doesn't. I'll tell you and right now, don't yeah. even say that. He, Oklahoma <laughs> lost Dylan Gabriel to an injury last year, and they let everybody play quarterback except but Nick Evers. Evers, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it was, I mean, I would have left the team. I would have left, I would have hit the portal right then and there. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe everybody but him. I mean, I felt, I felt bad for him. I, ironically, I think Braden Locke is the is the best quarterback on the roster. They're their number two quarterback. Oh, but I, over over Mordecai, you like him more than Mordecai. Yeah, uh, I think so. But I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's an NFL talent though either. You know, just a guy who's got some promise. You know that we haven't seen. I feel like we've seen enough of Mordecai at this point. You I know? do have to ask you this though for Tanner Mordecai because yeah. I, I he has put up some really nice raw numbers over the years. Right, Phil Longo obviously runs. A very easy system. I mean, he should be able to find success here, just at least based off of pure volume. Do you think Tanner Mordecai would be a like senior bowl invite? Probably. He's in his sixth season, so he might actually be the um, what's beyond the senior bowl. No, I'm just kidding. The, uh, oh, I forgot the what it's called. The Shrine Bowl. bowl. No, the Shrine, the shrine Bowl. No, I, I think he's probably – he's got potential to be that, yeah. I mean, that's the type of guy that – um, Nagy tends to go after, I feel like, you know, a guy who is probably overlooked a little bit despite all the statistics. His, yeah, his percentage completion rate has always been pretty good. He's got a 67% for his career. So, uh, 76 touchdowns to 23 interceptions. I didn't realize he started at Oklahoma either. So, oh, yeah, he did. That's kind of crazy. So, yeah, yeah, I, I do think the supporting cast is much weaker than what he's ever had. Um, I think this is a long shot, but I do think he can get the senior bowl invite. And then if he does, I think he's a candidate to get drafted like late day three, but you'll never see him on Sundays. I don't, I don't think I'll go as far as no, that. I don't think so either. I agree. Let's head on over to the wide receivers here. Um, we just kind of listed off Longo's like success here with wide receivers. Josh Downs and Brown were both, I think a thousand yard receivers. He's pretty consistent in creating a thousand yard receivers. Um, but looking at what's currently on the depth chart, I'm not a huge believer. Skylar Bell had a lot of hype last year. I think he caught oh, yeah. two touchdowns in last year's spring game. I'm still a little bit in. Uh, he was used quite in a lot of situations last year, like a lot of versatility, like rushing plays, screen plays, regular slot role, even special teams. 
Uh, so him just as a as a talent, I'm more intrigued by because of his versatile usage. CJ Williams comes in from USC. He's he's a year one zero. Uh, pooping on Corey this episode. Dude. <laughs> I think Corey's a fan. not here to Williams. defend himself, man. I uh, know. Uh, if they're a year one zero, which only includes top 300 recruits, I, I am hard stopping. Like they're dead to me, unless there's like some sort of extenuating circumstance, like they're freaks and they were hurt, or they're like playing behind guys that are future first rounders, which CJ Williams was not. There's there's not a lot of talent there at USC besides Jordan Addison. So, um, what do you think about CJ Williams, Dwight? Like he said, the dreaded year year one zero. I, I just I happen to think like when he came out, I did actually like him quite a bit. I thought he was a versatile guy, very smart, uh, smart route. Like you can see it in his route running, the way he manipulated defenders. You know, he can stack defenders, things like that. You saw things like that in high school that were very promising. Um, good worth or work ethic. I don't know why I can never say that. And a great blocker. Uh, I, and I, so, like as far as sheer talent. It's there, but the year one zero is a little troublesome. Uh, the fact that what I just said about, you know, this offense is not just all of a sudden going to support several thousand yard receivers. I'd be surprised if anybody cracked a thousand, honestly. Um, uh, they still have Camara Camara DK listed as a starter, and that's some a lot of CFF guys like him. I uh, had kind of an impressive spring. Yeah, we've been but, hearing more about Will Pauling, too. I, I couldn't tell you yeah. a single thing about Will Pauling either, but he's me neither. He's currently slotted as a starting slot, according to our lads. Again, that's just all speculation, but um, right, we have it on good authority that Will Pauling will be a starter. So a true, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> These are all CFF assets to me. Let's head on over to the running back room. Yeah, here we go. Here's somebody. Yes, Braylon <laughs> Allen. All right, uh, six, he's 240 pounds. Dude's an absolute tank. He's a one of he's he's probably the best hammer, the best thumper power back right now i think in college football linebacker converted to running back i think he was like a three-star linebacker i can't really remember but regardless he came on the seam hot and he's always been playing against like these eight nine-man boxes because everyone knows wisconsin's only going to run the ball now that we have phil longo here he's going to be able to open up this offense he's going to have an air raid system and braylon allen should be able to see some lighter boxes which means a lot more explosive plays i'm very excited about braylon allen here um Dwight what do you think about Braylon Allen <laughs> I, I I do think there is a promise here but as far as Debbie and NFL I don't think it does a whole lot for him I actually just wrote an article about players I'm selling and he's one of them <laughs> so I don't know if that's gonna feed into what you're talking about we Ooh, finally really? get somebody good we finally got good things to talk about and I'm like over here shitting on him <laughs> so what what I see in Allen is I like the breakaway speed I love the big play potential. I mean, he's I think he read somewhere he's got he had more 15 yard runs, over 15 yard runs than anybody in college last year, I believe. I, of course, I don't have it with me right now, but uh, the limited pass catching worries me. Um, I think his vision's okay, like it's pretty good, you know. But I don't think it's elite, like to where he's going to be able to find little tiny creases in NFL type lines and stuff. But I like the power, the contact balance, and obviously the breakaway speed. Uh, just a little, I wish he was a little more well-rounded, I guess. And it could come. It definitely could come. Cause like we did mention, he was a linebacker. I mean, the kids, what was he now? Like 19. So, I mean, he's that there's definitely time for him to grow and to add that the pass catching skill set and to do more to develop into that fullback. But right now I'm kind of a little tepid on him. So. I mean, that's, 
That's interesting. I mean, we might have a little bit of a debate here. Could I? <laughs> I think he's good at navigating the chaos. I think he's got a little bit of, I can't say wiggle, but like he's got some decent lateral to him uh, when he's like kind of like cornered in the lane there. And again, right. he's very fast at hitting that top speed. Well, not fast, I say, but his top speed is pretty fast once he gets going. Oh, definitely. He's just, yeah. I just think he's very hard to bring down here. I, I don't really mind the hands. I thought that was more system related. And, um, you know, Probably, I used yes. to like have like a minimum threshold, like for my personal reasons, for like 2.5% or like 3%. Like, like mm-hmm. that's it. I just want to know that he can do it. I don't have an issue with his pass catching. Um, but no, I, I really do think he's a very elite runner. Um, pass catcher is nothing special. I'm not going to say right. special on that. It's more of just a checking the box. I think he does that for me. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this. I'm excited to see him with less defenders in front of him because he's pretty efficient for someone that plays against like eight, nine man boxes, like a ton. Right. It will be interesting to see how this offense does and, and what it does. Like, I, I want to see him buck that trend, you know, because we give, we have been giving Wisconsin running backs the pass, you know, like, oh, they did it in the NFL. Oh, he did it. He, look, so-and-so did it in the NFL. Uh, Elvin Gordon obviously turned out into a very good pass catching back. Jonathan Taylor's pretty damn good, too. Um, but what if he's Ron Dane, you know, and what if he's, you know, not <laughs> if it doesn't develop, you know, so. I'm a little a little tepid, but I still think he's does have a very good NFL future, but I don't know if it's as good as we hope. Okay. Oh, so I'm yeah. I'm big on like projecting and I have rankings. I don't right. know if you do. Do you think he's the RB like the RB three next year? Or do you think he's like where, where do you think he goes in the draft next year and where do you have him among next year's class? I think he's probably a yeah, I would think um being we don't see many running backs go to the second round anyways. Right. So I think he's probably a third round guy. Let me see. Okay. We're on a blank here. 2024 NFL recruit. I know we got Henderson, obviously. Um, Raheem's my RB1. Right. I'm uh, with you there. I'm in there. Yeah. Yeah. Rocket. Um, I like Trey Benson a lot too. Uh, yeah. I think so. I think he can go right amongst those top four. You know, okay. the Henderson, Raheem. You just, you just don't I think, think he'll be successful. Maybe like uh, not not club. super successful. Yeah, I think he'll have yeah. some good seasons. I just don't think for somebody who's coming off as the Debbie Debbie running back six, I don't think he's going to be that you know productive. So, all right. Well, uh, talking about the depth chart here, the guy behind him, Shaz Shaz, he's still hanging around. Yeah, I don't, dude. I don't get it. I've seen once in a while guys hype him up, but I have watched the game of his, and I actually. I actually think he's quite terrible. No, no, there was no, there was a a brief period there where he was the next man up in Clemson, and he had a he actually had um not last year but the year before I think he had a pretty decent season. Yeah, he had his one two combo. Yeah, but he's just I don't think he's anything special. So yeah, he won't. Nope. Um, (laughs) let's head over to Minnesota. Uh, the the Cofers. Sorry. Kane, your team fans. sucks. Oh wait, was that out loud? You can't, you can't say that to no. Kane. Um, I know Kane's a good guy. New co-OCs: Matt Simon and Greg Harbaugh. Previous <laughs> was Kirk's uh, Soroka. He's gone. Um, 2020, 2022 to twenty seventeen co-OC and wide receiver coach, and then 2014-2016 uh, Western Michigan wide receiver coach for Matt Simon and Greg Harbaugh here. Uh, QBs, the Greek <laughs> rifle is now in town. Athen 
Kalimalakis. I hope I said that right. I'm pretty positive. Kalia McManus. Kalia McManus. Kalia McManus. That's what I said, Dwight. That's pretty close. heard me wrong. It's all good. Uh, let me start with the positives. Uh, he has prototypical yeah. size. He's six foot four, two twenty. Oh, uh, he tools, has some tools. tools I like. Yeah. Yeah, I like his arm strength. I really do. Um, he looked awesome against Wisconsin. Like he really did. And then he looked pretty terrible the rest of the time to me. I thought he was a slow processor. I thought he was a terrible improviser. Um, if his like first read is not there, I don't think he's going to be able to get the playoff at all whatsoever. So I think he really struggles with complex plays too. Like he needs a simple play caller, one read, something real simple. Um, again, I love that the traits are there. I just know that he's entering his third year, but I think he's very severely underdeveloped, and we shouldn't expect anything from him. It's cool that he's got the tools. You can be excited about that. Um, but I talk, I talked poorly about Will Levis's processing ability all offseason. I think, I think Athen has a new floor compared to what Will Levis has as far as processing goes. So, Dwight, what do you think about Athen? Yeah, I agree totally on Athen. Uh, you like to see a guy with that many tools. I, I liked him coming out. I think I grabbed him in a lot of freshman drafts, like late, uh, just as a type of guy. Tools he love the size six or four two twenty. Uh, you got to love the nickname of the Greek rifle. And that's like top 10 nickname. Uh, so, yeah, uh, just a lot of things to love, but I don't trust Minnesota to develop them at all. Yeah. Uh, and speaking to Matt Simon, too, as an OC here, I know he's got a history with uh, Corey Davis, Daniel Braverman. Tyler Johnson was fun for a little bit. Rashad Bateman was a first rounder as well with Corey Davis. Um, so they do have a history of developing wide receivers. Um, my favorite guy on this depth chart here. Is Elijah Spencer, six foot one, one ninety. I think he's six foot though, but six foot one, one ninety from UNC Charlotte. He was fourth in receiving yards last year among all second year players uh, for the regular season, and he overtook two guys that were considered NFL prospects in Grant DeBose, who was I think a six rounder, but people were talking about him as a day two guy, senior yes. bowl invite. Out produced a senior bowl guy, and then out produced uh, Victor Tucker, who I believe is still with. Um, I think he's still with Charlotte. So a very elite G5 wide receiver. Now, this this story is is old. G5 guys coming up and then failing. Kanana Monfield was a guy last year I thought highly of. Elijah Spencer is <laughs> – Oh, yeah. Yeah. Elijah Spencer is like the next one to come up here. Um, watching the spring game, he looked he, – well, obviously, he was first team in the spring game. Um, and then he connected with Athens like four catches in a row, like final two drives, something like that, like something in late um, – and it was all off slants. Like, again, it's really simple play calling watching that spring game. Athens didn't have a single completion the whole first quarter. And then they had Spencer run the same slant four times in a row, and he passed to him four times in a row. Um, I think he has day two potential, but he's most likely a day three guy. Yeah, he's definitely an interesting name to watch. I, didn't, I don't remember him much at Charlotte, surprisingly. As far as transfer ranking, 24-7 gave him a four-star 90 ranking as, as just a transfer. He came in as a three-star initially, but I know absolutely nothing about him. <laughs> so when I saw you put that down around there, I'm like, I got to watch him. Um, yeah, but other than that, I mean, there's really not much there. Um, I can't believe Daniel Jackson and Chris Oppenbell are still considered the starters. I feel like they've been starting there for like four years now. So I just, you yeah, know, guys that I've wanted to, you know, that you wanted to bet on for CFF and college production, and they just haven't. They just keep hanging around. And Crooms, Corey Crooms, you won't wrench it on there too, came over from Western Michigan. They had some pretty good success there, uh, slot guy. But I think if you're going to take a bet on any of these guys, it's Spencer. So, 
Yeah, Crooms comes over from Western Michigan. Obviously, where PJ Fleck is from, so it kind of has a uh, a pipeline there. And then Corey Crooms has some really good hype too, and he was clearly in the spring game the number two option there, maybe like a one B one A, six foot one eighty guy. Um, all right, let's head <laughs> over to the running back room, right? Uh, Mo Ibrahim's gone. Uh, speaking of Kane, I believe he told me that he was going to be a top 15 guy and inside of Mel Kuyper and then read off a bunch of stats. But, you know, guess what? He was a UDFA, just like I said. So <laughs> that's cool. Um, but running backs, right? Uh, Zach Evans here, five foot 10, 205. He's a second year player in this system, but they bring in a transfer, Sean Tyler, five foot eight, 185, also from, from Western Michigan. Um, very electric runner. He was a thousand yard rusher. Again, he's a lightning in the bottle type of guy. Obviously, he's 185 pounds, so you don't expect him to be a power back or running up the middle. Finds a lot of success around the edge. Um, speeds his game. Uh, but in the spring game, the running game just couldn't get going. I was watching that game. I didn't think the running game got going at all. I know Zach Evans broke off a long run, but it was kind of a busted play. I think everyone's assuming Sean Tyler is the starter in this system. Uh, Dwight, do you have any any thoughts on the running back room here for? A team that's been a pretty prolific running running team. Right. Yeah, I think Tyler is going to be the guy this year. I think they brought him over specifically for that fact, but I don't like how small he is. And I think he's going to be a guy who's going to get decent production in this offense. If I had to, if you had to twist my arm and tell me I had to pick one guy in this backfield, I would take Zach Evans. Um, I do like him some. He's a he's got a very versatile skill set with good burst, change of direction. Uh, good vision, understands how to use his blockers, but he is not a breakaway guy. Uh, he was recorded at 18.7 miles an hour, <laughs> so that's not particularly wonderful. Uh, uh, but I thought he had really good hands and good worth ethic. He actually kind of reminded me of Mo Ibrahim. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think Minnesota makes phenomenal linemen, and uh, they teach yeah. the running backs to follow their blockers very well. Uh, as far as, like, creating on their own, I don't think they ever asked them to do that, nor they really develop them to do that. So, um, obviously, like you just said, it's been boating for the last six years. So we don't really right. know how to, we don't have a larger sample size than just him. It could just be the player. But right. I, I, again, I, I think they have a really good offensive line. That's what they teach. Just follow the blocks. And they do that very mm-hmm. well. And just got to read the helmets at that point to get to the second level. But um, <laughs> I'm not looking to any of these guys being Debbie assets no, at the moment. Absolutely not. Yeah. Zach Evans, maybe, but that, that better be like your final pick or second to last pick you're taking on him. Right. Let's head on right. over to Nebraska, corn, baby. The, the corn Huskers who, <laughs> who I laughed at this when uh, Jared said this in the group chat where they had three Georgia Bulldogs transferring and they called them the corn dogs. I actually thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> um, new uh, OC. Hopefully they learn to use speed limits over there. Anyways, <laughs> um, Paul, at least there's less people out there. And, I mean, there's more cows though. So um, I don't know. You peck a cow at 75 miles an hour. It's not going to end well. <laughs> no, it's not. So um, uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, Marcus Sadfield, 2022 to 2021. He was the South Carolina OC. Before that, he was the 2020 Carolina Panthers offensive line coach and then before that 2019 to 2018 Baylor tight end coach 2016 to 2017 the Tennessee Tech head coach 2015 to 2013 Temple OC so they get Matt Rule back from the NFL uh he had a I can't say a successful time there with South Carolina but he was really good with Baylor he took them to you know a top four playoff run uh he's 
he's a really good program builder. I don't know about as a coach, but I know he knows how to build a program here. And he chose Marcus Satterfield, who hasn't really been successful at all, especially not in South Carolina. So I know I'm pretty I'm pretty positive South Carolina fans were happy that he's gone. Um, I can't speak to them being happy about who they replaced him with, though. Uh, but Nebraska's always been a super hyped up team. They've always had talent. They've just never had the execution or development to capitalize on this at all. Um, and let's just look at QBs here first to start off. They bring in Jeff Sims from Georgia Tech, who uh, everyone's been teasing Alfred about because Alfred thinks he's an NFL level uh, QB. Do I do you think Jeff Sims is an NFL level QB? Uh, we've seen crazier things. Um, Have yes. we? Oh, Name Lord, one yes. crazier thing than Jeff Sims going to the NFL. Malik Willis. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. There's. I, I do think there is some some something there. Uh, as far as a physical athletic stance standpoint, I mean he's really good in that area. I like his dual threat ability, the ability to make plays on the run. He's got an incredibly live arm. Um, he, he throws a lot of, with a lot of velocity, um, but that's the problem. You know, he only throws with velocity. <laughs> you'd like to see him. He, he does have pretty good touch with the velocity, but you'd like to see him learn how to read defenses better. He doesn't have a lot of ability to, to go through his progressions, things like that. There's some things to like. I mean, there were times at Georgia Tech where he looked like he might be an NFL prospect, and he's heading to Matt Rule. So I, I don't know. I guess there's crazier things. Yeah. yeah, we haven't seen Jeff Sims finish the season healthy. Uh, he's always got right. injury issues. Um, never he's passed over to run two- smarter. Yeah, he's got to learn to run smarter. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Never seen him pass over 2,000 yards. Never seen him throw for over, well, 13 touchdowns. He almost has as many interceptions as he does touchdowns for a career. Uh, so I, which you already spoke about his. Um, yeah. So did Kenny Pickett before his last season. So, yeah. Okay, I mean, yeah, but like, I don't know. Dude, I I really don't. Think, I don't. I don't see what Jeff. I, he's a fine athlete. There's so many good athletes in the right. NFL, so I, I think that's very I unspecial. I don't think Jeff's into special at all whatsoever. I actually would have preferred Casey Thompson staying here because I know Casey Thompson's his not mother, singing. Dude, his mother thinks otherwise. Come on now, be nice. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I get you. It's all good. <laughs> let's let's head on over to the the wide receiver room here uh we've had some pretty good success here for uh okay well let me just get it. marcus satchel has had like josh van i don't juice wells right now currently at south carolina people are talking about the day two guy by people i mean like i mean chris moxley so uh but juice wells <laughs> is over there denzel Mims is a day two guy didn't do anything at all whatsoever jalen hurd oh, was a huge fan on twitter ended up a fourth round guy he's killing it at the usfl though so at least from a a raw st- like st- stats like standpoint, they do have producers here. Not really much for Devi. Some guys do get drafted. Um, but is there anyone in this YRC room that you're looking at, Dwight, to be a Devi asset? Um, you highlighted the only one that I thought of, Malachi Coldman. Um, great stash guy. Uh, there was times where uh, he did come in as a four star, and I remember watching his tape, and I thought that. You know, he had a great skill set. You know, you saw things that, that were there, uh, but then you also saw a lot of lackadaisical type of play. Um, a lot of times where it just seemed like he was out athletic, out athleting people on the field. And then he had this offseason circuit where he was just destroying people. Like, I think it was the Polynesian Bowl, and he had a phenomenal, he looked like the best guy there. 
you know, and so you're you're seeing things like that. So you just see you get going to a, a, a coaching staff that has a past history of working with guys like this. So yeah, I, I would definitely take a stash on them. I mean, I think I've seen him. I think I'm in a Debbie draft right now where he went pretty late, like ninth, tenth round, and why not? Yeah, I do. I, I really do like the call. Um, he's six foot three, right? One ninety. I think it might be six foot four, one ninety. Skinnier guy, but twenty one point five miles per hour. That is fast. Four four one forty. Yeah. That's already fast. His hundred meters at ten four six. I mean, insanely fast. Again, his vertical thirty nine inches. I mean, that's ninety two, like ninety two percentile. He is an uber athlete. He's not on yep. campus right now. He was trying to do track and field. I believe he got hurt. So that kind of like just derailed a little bit. It's not a major injury. He'll be good to go by summer, I'm sure. But there is no one really else talented in Nebraska. This guy could easily beat the year one zero mold. I just hope that they can develop Malachi into a more refined great. product than what they have in the past. But like, no, you nailed it. He's a great stash and he's not expensive either. So it's not like no. you're, uh, man, I can't pull up. I just did a draft recently. I think he went in like the fifth. Uh, for a C to C draft, I think that's a fine, that's a great value, honestly. That's, I see him go in the third. Oh, I picked him yeah, up. But, yeah, but <laughs> he's usually, I mean, he's usually like the 15th to 20th freshman receiver picked. I mean, he's he's yeah. down there a little ways. So, oh, then as far as pass catchers, also we have to we have to we have to talk about Eric Gilbert. Oh Eric's yeah, there. yeah. I I forgot. Isn't that crazy. And, 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 and Thomas Fedone, yeah. yeah. I'm looking like, whoa, well, that's a lot of stars there in their tight end yeah. room. I can't believe you're, <laughs> you're coming onto my show and forcing me to talk about tight ends, Dwight. I can't believe uh, that. I, I, will, I refuse to talk anymore um, about Gilbert. Oh, my God, I'm so tired Eric of Gilbert, if you really don't know, <laughs> uh, had a phenomenal true freshman season. He was also like uh, tight end one and was like one of the best tight end prospects of like all time. And he yeah. looked the part his first year. And then it just – it, it derailed. He had some off-field personal stuff. I will never know the true story, but he transferred to Georgia. There was a lot of off-field stuff. He stepped away from football for a little bit, came back super out of shape. Um, then he got back into shape, looked good during a spring game. Uh, we thought we were going to see him on the field more than we did, uh, which we didn't. And then he transfers to Nebraska. So he just hasn't looked good since oh, yeah. his true freshman season. We are now going into, was it, year four? Oh, remember um, he had transferred to Florida for a couple months too. Jeez. Oh, I know. I did not remember that. So it's crazy. He has had a crazy path. Former five star. That's just nuts. Um, I believe Jim yeah. Nagy too had him as a senior bowl like watch list guy. So like if he gets a senior bowl invite, like that's oh. what he really needs too. Get over to the running back room though. Yeah. Um Anthony Grant, uh super inefficient. With the exception of non G five, like non power five teams, non conference G five teams, um, he was great against G five teams, and then he was an absolute ghost uh, whenever it mattered. But he was a JUCO transfer. Guys liked him a lot. Um, do you see any deadly potential in Anthony Grant, Dwight? No, I don't. If I had anybody in that room, I actually kind of like Gabe Irvin a little bit. Um, he's looked really good in spring. A two hundred twenty pound guy with a little bit of juice. Um, I did like him a little bit as a guy coming out last year. Uh, I don't even think he was even in our freshman guide, though. So definitely a deeper guy and a guy that I like his size, like his his juice and ability to run. He had a leg injury last year, I believe. So it's good to see him kind of. He's a guy who, but super deep stash, like super, super deep. So, yeah. 
Yeah, Gabe, Gabe Irvin, 20 attempts for 94 yards, uh, zero touchdowns, zero intercept, zero phone, zero touchdowns. Uh, that was like yeah. across what was that six, seven games? He just couldn't get right. Just couldn't get right, right last year. Um, yeah, I, I'm not rostering either of these guys. I'm not even no. sure if they're worth day three UDFA yeah. type stuff. Uh, we are done with Nebraska and done with the Cornhuskers. <laughs> Uh, let's move on to Northwestern, a more exciting, <laughs> a less exciting team. Um, I, I got something for Northwestern. Ready? We're going to talk about their okay. debut prospect. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. That's it. Okay. We're done. That's Next it. team. <laughs> no changes. Uh, Ryan Holinsky, I think is gone. They bring in Ben Bryant from Cincinnati. Uh, ben Bryant is somehow has been more successful than he should be so far. So good for Ben Bryant. Uh, wide receiver room, I don't have anyone to talk about. Running back room, Evan Hall's gone. I got nobody to talk about. Dwight, you have nobody to talk about? Nope. All right, that's it. That ends That ends Northwestern. <laughs> Stick around for that. Somehow. Somehow yeah. Iowa is more exciting than Northwestern, though. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Uh, no coaching changes, but I do want to point out they had a contract change for their OC, Brian Frentes. Uh, he received a pay cut and a scoring mandate from the Iowa athletic director. That is so embarrassing. That is so embarrassing yeah. for your boss to come in and be like, it's that that's embarrassing. I just can't. I yep. mean, they, they told him he's got to score what 24 points a game. Yeah. It's like the packs we made in high school. You've got to score. Um, yeah. What? <laughs> you put that in the contract. You're not even fired. Yeah, I think I'd rather have been fired and moved on. Yeah. I would have um, retired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So for the QB room, Kay McManary comes over from from Michigan. Uh, game manager, nothing really special about him whatsoever, um, except for his attitude on Twitter. That's pretty special. Um, it is pretty cool. Yeah, but he's there. Uh, Debbie, Debbie, any Debbie potential there, Dwight? No, no, but definitely a nice to see a steady hand there. Uh, somebody who will push the ball more than Spencer Petras. So yes, I can agree kinda, on that. I, I, I actually really like him for their offense, but Debbie, no. Yeah, okay, I'm with you there. I do think it's an upgrade over Pet- Petrus, which is not like a high bar to really set. No, I think Corey's an upgrade over Petrus. Anyways. Yeah. Um. The <laughs> wide receiver room. Uh, they lose Keegan Johnson. He goes to Kansas State. We talked about him a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, anyone here you're looking at for the wide receivers? Um, Caleb Brown's been getting a little bit of buzz. Uh, came over from Ohio State. So, you know, he, you know, if Ohio State wanted him, there's something there, you know. And what I saw when he was a prospect, uh, 5'10", 195, very versatile guy, uh, knows how to get open with great hands, uh, really good, really good twitchy, twitchy movement skills. Um, so I liked that there was something there and definitely something they don't have on their team. So there was a lot, a lot to like in his game when he came to Ohio State. But, you know, you're not going to break through Ohio State there without being super-duper special. So... Another Caleb I do do want to talk about is running back Caleb Johnson from Iowa. Um, He's a good runner. I don't really know if he has NFL traits or not, but as a true freshman, he he looked really good. Um, I know they had good good one. I can't remember his first name anymore, but he was a thousand yard runner behind a very elite offensive line. Iowa does make fantastic offensive linemen and tight ends, but we'll get into that in a sec here. Um, but Caleb Johnson here as a true freshman, 151 attempts for 777 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, he had some big games that kind of boosted him up, like 100 yards against Nevada and 200 yards against Purdue, another 100 yards against Nebraska. Um, but 
the flashes were there, and that's all you really asked for from a true freshman here. 3.34 yards after contact, 51 missed tackles on 151 attempts. I mean, one in every three. This this could be a guy. Obviously, no yeah. one really out there is saying that he is a guy, but this is someone that deserves to be talked about, deserves to be on the radar. I can't really highly project an Iowa running back. I haven't really watched him enough either to give you a super informed opinion about him. Probably should be a film study of mine this summer. Definitely. But Caleb Johnson needs to be needs to be on a list. Yeah, he's getting a lot of buzz too. The, the guy you were thinking about was Tyler Goodson. That was a couple years ago. Tyler um, yeah, what I thought will impress me about with Caleb Johnson is six foot one, two hundred fifteen pounds, but he doesn't run that big. Like he runs smaller. He's, he keeps his he keeps his his profile lower. Um, good vision, good footwork, um, remarkably agile for that size, and then showed a pretty good speed to break away. So a guy that was probably not even really hardly on our radar going into the season. So in Iowa's, I mean, they got to do something, you know? (laughs) So I definitely don't have any problems taking him. And I think he has been going fairly early in freshman supplemental drafts. So, yeah. So definitely take a shot on Caleb. Yeah. I, I, I think he's more of a guy that follows his blockers very well. Again, true freshman though. So I'm not trying to like say it's a bad thing. It's a true freshman. I'm, but I'm looking for another a second step to be taken next year, which I think he can do. Um, oh, so I'm not, yeah, I'm not like overly worried about it. He checked a lot of the boxes off as a first year running back. So we'll see how his development goes, but he certainly is someone to be on our radar. He's a potential, well, not to be like Colin Decker out here, but he is a potential day two guy. I think it's a long <laughs> shot, but, but I, yeah. I think you can say that following a freshman season like this. Right. Uh, right. Ready for the tight ends, Dwight. Yes, some there's there's a little bit of love here. Yeah. Yes, I only wrote down one name because only one name I truly like, and that's going to be Eric All, the transfer from Michigan. Follows K. McNair. They already had that chemistry. I want to see he had like 500 yards as like a true freshman or a sophomore. Right. Sounds right. Yeah. And then he got hurt, uh, so he didn't do anything at all last year. I think he had some beef with the with the system i don't know he left michigan on bad blood he was not happy. yeah i remember it being kind of ugly he was running his mouth on twitter and yeah yeah he didn't appreciate the recovery process but six foot five 255 pounds that is nfl size love a size he can yeah yeah, i think he can block he also has i think some really good moving ability for for a tight end oh he's entering year five excuse me he's entering year five um as a as a tight end 437 yards as a junior with two touchdowns. Um, anyway, I, I've been hearing a lot from Iowa about how they're using him all across the formations, not just from blocking, but also receiving. I like to hear that a lot, especially from Iowa too, because we know Iowa tight ends get drafted. They get drafted highly. They are one of they are tight end you next to Georgia. They can fight for that title. But oh, I, I think I think Eric All has a shot to be the tight end one for this this team. And uh do you, are you a fan of the other one, Lawson Lucky? It's a different LL there. It's Luke Lachey, um, but you had the initials right. Uh, both of these guys are, ironically, they were both tier five in our Debbie guide right next to each other. Um, we've seen Iowa put together two productive tight ends in a season before, but these guys are definitely not Fanton Hawkinson. Uh, I think both guys are going to be pretty good receivers this year. I can see both of them getting six, six, six 700 yards-ish, you know, six, seven touchdowns. Both guys could be very productive in this offense, and both guys I think are probably four round four type five type of guys. I do think if I had to, if you had to pin me to a wall and pick one, I do think I like Eric all a little bit better. 
I like his athleticism a little better. I think Lachey is also a decent athlete, but it doesn't show up in his play skills. Like his route running is, yeah. Whereas all I feel like is a little closer to a more complete tight end. But I don't know if either guy is going to be like a, a world burner at the next level. Um, I think all could be, you know, a decent tight end too, whereas Lachey is probably even lower than that. But I think both guys do find a role. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like talking tight ends, you know, just because it's... Especially in Debbie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, we only care about the, the top six and next level anyway. It's right. hard to enter that group. So um, my money is on Eric all... I know Luke Lachey is a little bit younger, so he can develop. He's definitely got more time to develop. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I don't have much else to say. But those, are, those are the two Iowa That's all I got to say about at. that. Yeah, Let's exactly. head on over to our last school, the Fighting Illini, Illinois. I like the school mascot. It's just unique. I really do appreciate it. Um, anyway, no coaching changes. Uh, let's just run through the easy stuff. QB, Dwight, is there any QB in Illinois that we really care about? No, probably. Um, you know, Luke Altmaier is probably on a lot of some Debbie squads. Um, as a former four-star Ole Miss recruit, you know, he definitely got a little bit of buzz when he came out. So he's probably floating around there on some Debbie teams. Um, when he came out, I thought he was an accurate guy with good touch, playmaker. Probably the best quarterback that Illinois has had for a while, but that really doesn't say a whole lot. So I'm not going to say he's a Debbie asset yet, but we're like we talked earlier in the episode, stranger things have happened. Um, I just don't know if Illinois will be the type of offense with the type of playmakers that can allow him to, to develop into what he would need to develop into to become an NFL quarterback. So, yeah, that's a long way to say no. <laughs> yeah the only i know <laughs> no you nailed it there the only like sample size we got against central arkansas week two he had 13 attempts but only six completions for 90 yards and two touchdowns and one interception uh and then yeah. pff has him down here for two turnover worthy plays which was like you know one-fifth of what he did so uh i'm with you i was never gonna luke altmeyer uh you know, I care about size. He's not even prototypical size. I, there's nothing really to say about him. I'm sorry. There's nothing to right. say about him. I don't know him enough. I'm kind of it's out on him in Illinois. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wire receivers. You care about any of the wire receivers here for Illinois? I think there's been one guy that's been making yeah, some noise. I love, I love, I love, for CFF, I love Isaiah Williams. He's one of my favorite later guys. Um, he's a former quarterback. Um, you can see it in the way he plays. He's he's a very smart route runner, uh, knows how to find spots in the zone, things like that. And then he's athletic enough and, and to where he can make people miss after the catch. But he's not very developed as a route runner, and he's only 5'10". And he's just kind of, you know, he's a guy there that I love having on my CFF teams. Uh, probably going to have a big season this year with Altmaier. But it's Debbie now. He's not, he might, you know, see super late draft capital or something. You know, he might get some buzz, but no, not, not for long-term Debbie. No. Yeah. Uh, going to his fifth year, uh, last year, he had 104 targets for 82 receptions, 743 yards and five touchdowns, uh, five foot 10, 180, just like the white said, uh, yeah. I haven't watched any tape on him. I never really felt the need to. Um, yeah, you don't have to worry about it. He's done nothing until his third year. Anyway, yeah, I'm not, I'm not looking into him at all. Let's go over to the running back room. I'm a little bit more excited about this. We had Chase Brown go to the draft in the fifth round. I called that. Anyway, Chase Brown was, he was shifting the open field. He was very soft though. Dude had zero power in his running ability. He didn't really like contact. He took 
too many steps trying to make guys miss. He was he's he was always dancing. He was always dancing, and he made some flashy plays. Got to watch him at the Senior Bowl, and he looked terrible in pass pro in person as well as he did on tape. But he's gone, and Illinois is a running team. Uh, I want to say Josh McRae is probably the first up to take over this position here. Josh McRae is he's big. I want I think he's, he's a big a boy. Monster. Yeah. Six one two forty. Six one two. Yeah. Six one two forty. He had a great freshman season, and then just been derailed from injury. Uh, he's he's coming back. He probably starts. What do you think about Josh McRae? Yeah, I think he starts, and he's definitely got some production in there. But I, I don't know. I, I don't really think he's in a CFA or a Debbie asset. I can see them. I know they really leaned hard on Brown last year, but I can see them doing more of a thunder and lightning thing with him and Reggie Love. Right now, Reggie Love is actually listed as a starter, and he's a little bit smaller. Obviously, <laughs> pretty much everybody's smaller than Josh McRae. Uh, <laughs> Love is six is five ten or five eleven one ninety, so he's a lot smaller. Little quicker guy, obviously, um, but McRae is—he's just one of those. I love—I love seeing those big backs that you root for, you know. And he's definitely a guy I'm rooting for to take the workload. He can definitely handle that massive workload. So, um, as far as next level, Debbie—I don't know, man. It's—it's it's tough to be that big and be an asset in the NFL unless you're Derrick Henry. So, and he's not Derrick Henry as a runner. So, <laughs> at all. Um. I'm going to shoot a little bit from deep here. A guy that has been talked about from the C2C people out there oh, is Caden Feegan. Caden Feegan, yeah. Yeah, six foot three, 221, All American uh, invitee. He was listed as an athlete. He's going to Illinois mm-hmm. as a running back, the 27 ranked athlete in the composite. He's a very high three star, though. Um, according to our athletic tool here, they got him measured at 21 miles per hour at six foot three, two forty. I mean, that is that's silly. That is a freight train. So again, similar mold to McRae. So maybe McRae starts off here, but I think Fegan has the higher athletic potential um, and definitely has some NFL trades here. So uh, McRae is entering his third year. Fegan will be a true freshman. We might not see him year one. We'll see how McRae does though. Again, coming back from injury. Um, could we have to see McRae a little bit in spurts last year? Again, small sample size, but across yeah. like four games, like he only averaged mm-hmm. 2.9 yards per carry. So we'll see if he bounces back. He wasn't really super efficient before, um, but these guys are both hammers. Uh, but one guy has definitely NFL traits here. Speed, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that that wraps it up. Dwight, that's it. That's, that's the Big Ten. Looking at the <laughs> list of quote-unquote yeah. Debbie names we said, it's very thin. Um, so just remember it's the big 10 West BTW because by the way, they suck. So, um, <laughs> just trademarks. Well, <laughs> they got some big boys running back here though. Braylon Allen, Fegan. Oh yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that ends it. Dwight, thank you so much for helping me out with these recordings for the big 10. You give Corey a much needed break. You know, he's out there playing floors lava with his kid all the time. Um, yeah. So he appreciates it. Obviously, I get to take two weeks off now too because we got this pre-recorded. Hopefully, I, I'm honored. I'm honored to be this. Is the last time we'll talk about the Big Ten and divisions, so they will not be divisions last year. Next yeah, year, yeah, this, so. this is history. We are making history. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up from our show. And just one more time, home field apparel for retro athletic gear from your favorite schools. Use the promo code Campus the number two, and then Canton to get 15% off of home field apparel from Dwight 
And from Mike, good night and good luck. Good luck.